0: You need Indeed.
1: We are breaking down all aspects of Yankee baseball. This is the Bronx Pinstripe Show with your host, Andrew Rotondi and Scott Reinen. Let's go. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Bronx Pinstripe Show. This is a Friday Fives version. Happy Friday with no Yankees baseball. I think the first scheduled Friday off day in my lifetime. I can't remember this, so weird scheduling. There's it's no normal. way it's in your lifetime. It's gotta they be always another. played on Friday night. They always play on Friday, but there's got to be at least one. A scheduled Friday off day? I don't think so. Oh, okay. you know what? I'm wrong. The London series. They didn't play on Friday for the London series, but that was extenuating circumstances. This is weird. They're going to, going to Philly for, for a Saturday, Sunday. Anyway, I. I don't know, kind of need this Friday off day after the way they blew that game on Thursday night. You'd think, okay, bats are waking up because of the twins take some momentum here. And then boom, Chapman blows the save. And that almost felt like, I know they won the series, but that almost felt like a series loss with the way that thing ended. The way that it ended was so abrupt. I mean, I literally, uh, we were, I was watching the game, walked out of the room to handle some business for a few minutes in between innings. I come back I see the number of things. Walking Scott, you might want to clarify. Number two things: there <laughs> were I, the fact that the fact that they were walking it off. I it, mu- it happened so goddamn fast that I was sho- I was literally shocked. I was like, "What in the hell happened?" So I had to, you know, rewind and watch the whole thing again. And yeah, it was just Chapman imploding, but very quickly imploding. And unfortunately, it was to uh, the jackass Josh Donaldson, and then of course Nelson Cruz, who you know who's been. One of the most prolific right-handed power hitters, you know, in the last uh, in the last ten years, it seems like that guy is just forever hitting home runs. So, um, but yeah, but it was it was insanely fast. It was not how you wanted it to end because going into that inning, you're like Chapman's going to close this out, feeling good, feeling good about the team for the moment, feeling good about the way that the bats are, are are going, feeling good about certain things, and then all of a sudden it's like shock. So I don't even know if I felt. I didn't even have enough time to like, to like say, oh, this is terrible. It, I, Chapman had a bad day. Unfortunately, everybody else was fine. It's like one guy that had a bad day. It, I, and for a guy that's had not very many bad days at all, like pretty much pristine the entire season for him to have the bad day. I think that's okay. The, I'm looking at that as much better than ever, anybody else. I, yeah. I'm not worried about overall this Chapman, The but the loss hurts because this team needs wins so desperately and they're playing a bad twins team and they were finally hitting probably mostly because the twins pitching is terrible, but they, ha- it's, it's like the, the momentum theory, right? Like I think there is momentum in team sports and you can get on a good roll you can get on a bad roll. The Yankees have been on a bad roll. Maybe a series sweep of the twins were just only positive things happened. Guys hitting home runs. Stanton looks like he's starting to feel it a little bit. Again, the pitching was all right. Maybe that's a momentum thing, but then even though Aroldis Chapman, I'm not worried about him. That's a momentum stopper, blowing a game like that. I don't think so because you have an off day we'll going. You're going to Philly. You're going against Girardi. Didi's there. There's like some Didi's things here. happening over there too. I think when you walk out of the clubhouse, you're if you're on, if I'm on the team, I'm like what what huh what like you get shell shocked, but it doesn't change what happened. Like you're you should have won that game, and unfortunately, the guy who's been the most consistent. A player on your team for the entire season had a bad day, had a bad day at one guy, literally one guy had a bad day and that happened. So as a team, when I'm looking at that and the bats are still going, I'm still feeling good. I'm still carrying that into okay. to wherever, you know, it's just, it's one guy. You can almost chalk that one up to just fluky circumstances. All right, well, let's start with Friday fives. Number one, I freaking hate Josh Donaldson. Calls out Garrett I do too. calls out. He's always been a jackass. He, when he was with, he's Toronto. always been very hateable. Yeah. I mean, his Twitter handle is bringer of rain. If you, if you name yourself bringer of rain, you're an a-hole. And Has it always been? Uh, that? I don't know if it was always that, but it, it was that when I remember when he was in Toronto, just murdering the Yankees when he won. His so MVP. I went, I was looking at his Twitter account last night too. And he, he, he essentially mocked his manager on Twitter. It was like the only post that he's had in a while. Rocco really? Baldelli hasn't been on Twitter in a while. He essentially mocked his manager in like a a, a video by putting his his uh, Josh Donaldson's face on um, on uh, mini me from Austin Powers, which is just freaking strange. And and you know it was like a funny thing, but it's like it's still your manager, like in season. It's I don't know. It was a weird thing to do. Baldelli hadn't been on Twitter since like April. Felt the need to respond to it in like a with like a little bit of a power move in the sense that like who do you work for? <laughs> it was just well, weird. Also, it was just. A, a, it's also yeah, but Austin it was just. Re- yeah. It was just weird that that like that a current player would like mock their manager completely out of nowhere. Even is it if that it was a jest, I don't know, man. I feel like today's players have no problem mocking managers. But he's but he's he's like a he's an older guy in the league. It. It was just I don't know, it was out of context and it was just strange. It came out of nowhere. It felt it felt like and your team is terrible. So <laughs> it was just a weird thing. And yeah. to me it just looks like that guy's just an asshole. <laughs> he's just a he's just a dick and I have a feeling well, everybody thinks that. Yeah, and part of it is because he's he's been he I mean, he's been hurt, but he's been good for the large part of the last seven years when he's been murdering the Yankees. So that's number one. If, if you're just a terrible baseball player, it's hard to hate you because you're not going to hurt my team, but he's been hurting the Yankees. So that's why, but then he does stuff like, like you just outlined. And then he calls out Garrett Cole for his, his spin rate dropping coincidentally after the league is starting to crack down on all the illegal substances. And unfortunately, even though he went 0 for five in the game against Cole, he gets the last laugh off Chapman of the series with the game tying home run. It's like if if it had to be anyone, Donaldson's the last one in that lineup, I wanted to see tie the game right there. And, and he, he calls out Cole fairly or unfairly. I, I mean, I encourage you to listen to the uh, the podcast I did on Wednesday with Stephanie Epstein, who, who co-wrote the article on SI.com really fascinating. The, the information that they gathered from all these players around the league. I mean, many anonymous sources because no one wants to attach their name to this stuff, even though the more we learn, it's like 90% or more of the league is doing is using illegal substances. And it's like sort of inherent in the game where it's not just pitchers going out of their way to come up with these concoctions. Teams are inventing these concoctions the, the training staff is helping them develop them. They're using the edratronic cameras to assess how that substance works versus another substance. Like, oh, this substance A gives you a hundred more RPMs on your fastball than substance B. So we're going to go substance B. It's like, have you ever been to the eye doctor? A or B, A or B. Okay, A, A or C, A or C. It's like, that's how they're getting to this level. It is insane. Baseball never ceases to amaze me. With how much they will go to cheat. And that's where we it's that's what it is with this picture of legal substances. And Cole's getting called out, called out for it, fairly or unfairly. He seems to have become the face of this for baseball. He's he's also he's also not running from it either. I mean, he's for all intents and purposes the non-answer. You know, admitted to the spider to the great. spider attack stuff when he was when he was uh when he was talking about it. He he knows that. I mean, like he was he was in on that um you know, he's in on that, that. There's a lawsuit that's happening with the the clubhouse guy from the Angels and yep. he's in on that too. So it's not, this is one of those things that I have a couple of opinions on this. People talk about this, fans talk about this, like, oh, it's been happening for years. Like, shut up, turn the other cheek. Like, it's fine. It's happening for years. And and to a point, that's fine. Yes, it has been happening. Pine tar, the, the rosin bag with the Bullf, pine tar. The bullfrog, like Clay Buchholz look like you took a shower right in it. This stuff has been happening for a long time. The problem starts happening when they start, you start using the technology and everybody just starts pushing it and pushing it and pushing it and pushing it and And finding those boundaries. Where are those boundaries? Nobody knows where those boundaries are. And now they're at a point where they've been pushing it for years and they're putting it on camera. They're, they're, They're in the lab with chemists finding better sticky stuff it's not just the rosin bag anymore mixed with pine tar or bullfrog it ain't just that anymore these guys are literally coming up with concoctions and identifying how and 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 you know the the different differences between these things and how it affects your pitcher and how it affects the spin rate so it's getting to a point where they have to do something because guess what that's exactly how steroids became a problem as well steroids were were fine They were, Mark McGuire was doing post-game interviews in the locker room with a bottle of Andro in his locker, visible right there. You could see it. He wasn't hiding it. It was happening. And then all of a sudden it became illegal. And now he's getting popped for steroids. Oh, shocking. He's trying to go the extra limit to, to avoid the ones that are already banned. Like, of course, that's exactly what happens. They try to push and push and push. So when you see something like this, it's not surprising, but they do have to nip it in the ass. You can't just be like, okay, it's been happening for years. It's fine the concoctions haven't been like this. The technology has never been like this. The way that they can test it has never been like this. So you have to identify the difference in today's debt, in today's, you know, uh, circumstances and how technology has affected that old, you know, the old school, you know, unwritten rule of it's okay, pitchers do it because they, they get more control and I don't want one in my ear. That was the old narrative. The narrative today, they're making the ball look like a wiffle ball because they can, they can affect it so precisely. And that's a problem. Yeah, and, and Stephanie brought up a great point in, in that it's, it is spin rate is a huge part of it, and spin rate is up around the league, and that's that's provable. So that the, the sticky stuff helps that. But what it also does is it allows pitchers to say, I'm going to throw 100% effort because I can control 100% effort better with this sticky stuff. Whereas normally I'd have to dial it back to maybe 85 or 90% to control my fastball to where I want it because I don't have the absolute pristine grip on it. So that is another thing that was never able to be done before back in, back in the day. I sound, I sound like that guy Back in my day, but you know, like how we would always hear like Roger Clemens is on the mound, It's like, Oh, he's going to have to rear back and really ask for something extra on this pitch. And he'd gear it up to like 97 miles an hour. But normally he's living at 94, 95. And the 97 might not be exactly where he wants it, but he might get the swing and miss because it's the extra couple miles an hour. Now a pitcher doesn't have to worry about trying to control the rear back pitch because he can control it with the grip that he's getting. And that grip is not natural, okay? This isn't just using the the supplied substances on the mound like the rosin bag. This is hiding something in your glove or in your belt buckle or on the brim of your cap. That's giving you this superhuman grip to the point where, where Stephanie said, players said they had picked up the baseball, put it in the palm of their hand, went like this, and it stuck to their hand. Okay? That's not what's supposed to happen. With a baseball, it's supposed to fall out of your hand, not stick to your hand. Gravi- Gravity is supposed to work when the ball is on your palm upside down. Yeah, no, it's 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 gone too far, and you it, they have to they have to control, and they probably let it get too far at this point. And shocking, you know. I, I well, yeah, shocking, exactly. But I I think one of the um one of the one of the things that they should do. I, we, I've talked about this in the past. Like, yes, there's got, I think I was, we talked about this after Panetta got got popped for the, popped is such a bloated word, but for the uh, pine tar on his neck, just give them something that's legal. It's it, Just give them something that's legal. Give I them know, a substance. But, that, but you know what they'll do with that? But they'll, what they'll do with that is they'll, they'll, they'll fudge it. that. They'll yes. It. Yes, but exactly. At least they're, but at least you're giving them something that they can use that does help control it. That's not getting too far. Now you have a line. There's a line drawn. Because before, there's no line. It's just unwritten. Can't use it. I know, but I'm using it. I have a problem giving these players anything. You have to treat them like they're five-year-old children, and you have to baby them and police them, or else they will take things too far. We've seen it time and time again. Video replay room. What'd they do with that? They took it to the nth degree banging trash cans in the dugout uh pine tar oh well, i can use pine tar well what happens if i add this to the pine tar and then this to the pine tar and then this here we are so I, i'm not giving these guys anything if you truly want to police the game and get it back to baseline you can't give them anything you can't give them one inch because they will take a mile that's probably true and that's unfortunate but it's probably true <laughs> get quickly garrett cole since may 17th his start in texas 5 starts, 29 innings pitched, 27 hits, so almost a hit per inning, 35 strikeouts, 8 walks, 4.03 ERA, 3.80 FIP, 3.00 expected FIP. Not bad. Now, he's not been bad, but he's not been Garrett Cole. I don't, I'm not saying it's the sticky stuff or not the sticky stuff. I'm just saying it's 5 starts where he has not been elite like he was prior to that. Do you remember when I uh, before we got Garrett Cole, I had some uh, some some thoughts? Yeah, I remember where you blacked out concerns. You blacked out and found this this bizarre game game PDF on the, on Fangraphs blog somewhere. I don't know how you found it. I, I don't. You went on the dark. I think you reached the dark webs and you didn't realize reached you reached the Dark we both tried to find webs. it this week, and I can't find it, yeah. <laughs> and it talked about, it was like started with how blisters were increasing, and then it got to like all the, the, the tacky stuff. It was from pieces, summer of 2018. Which was Garrett Cole's first year in Houston, and the year that Trevor Bauer called out the Astros pitchers for increasing spin rate. Trevor Bauer right. is whatever. Whatever you think of Trevor Bauer, he's right in the sense that the only way to reliably increase spin rate is to add substances to the ball. You can't throw mechanically. All these different things aren't going to change your spin rate by eight well, percent. No, that's not true. You can yeah, but the draft it's the drastic. It's going to change the, it by 005 percent. Not it's a significant increase. And it was very clear when when people were coming from Pittsburgh over to Houston that all of a sudden they, my my concern was at that point was that these guys are cheating. They've been caught cheating. Where else are they cheating? And and yeah, that spin rate thing was. I I just hope it doesn't become a thing because it was definitely on my it's mind. It's already a before thing before we were Dude, going. It's already when We were thing. going after Cole. Huh? It's a thing. It's a thing. What do you think? It's a thing. No, I know, but it's a thing. But I'm saying I hope it's not a thing. In the fact, in the in the sense that it uh, it, it it is a direct thing and uh, highly uh, affects the way that Cole performs is what I, I'm talking yeah. about because he's got those skeletons from living in Houston for however long. Yeah, and and just quickly, final thought on that loss Thursday. Yankees are now six and fourteen in the final game of a series. The only team with a worse record in a final game of a series is the Pittsburgh Pirates, five and fifteen. It's finished. They're a bad team. They've had, had a hard time finishing. All right, number two takeaways. Uh, looking at Boone's feel for the game, it's been a topic of discussion for quite a bit. Uh, but he's pulled a couple things for you know on the pitching side. I think mostly that that have been uh, that were a little dicey. I, I think definitely a a lot of people second guessed it specifically on Tuesday, looking uh, at him coming out, talking to Montgomery, going up against ref Snyder, uh, which, which obviously there's a mismatch with Rob ref Snyder being up there. (laughs) I mean, I mean, mean, you 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 gotta, you gotta pull in your, your best righty. When Rob ref Snyder, when he hit that ball, did you have, did you crack a little smile for your boy? I'm not gonna lie. When, when he was, when, when Boone was coming out and then he went back, and then he went back. I was like, "Oh, what are you disrespecting Rob Rashad right now?" Off the top of the wall, you dis- you're disrespecting my guy? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That was that was a, a hero. Inches away from, being, from a home run, and then yeah. of course he hurts himself. So he is a true Yankee. What a, what a poor bastard, man! <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, he slides it out in the second. He's not gonna like. He's hurt again. He just came back. I, th- <laughs> I feel like he's done that back. multiple times, where he just comes back and then gets hurt in that next game. <laughs> yeah, the guy cannot catch a break. Cause he was having a good. He was having some. Yeah, he's put on some good numbers too. But Boone leaves Montgomery in there to face Ref Snyder. It, it was questionable in the sense that Boone, at nine, 99 out of a hundred times, Boone takes Montgomery out in that situation. And I know there was this narrative going around. I think because uh, Ruco said on the broadcast, "Oh, Montgomery talked him into staying into the game," and that's like you pointed out. It's not really what happened because Boone did not signal to the. He wasn't. He didn't go out there with. He, he even the, motioned to Montgomery. He saw the Montgomery's face. Montgomery, because Montgomery's definitely been very uh, visibly upset when uh, Boone has come taking him out in the fifth inning, not completing the fifth, or like in other starts. And he just motioned of. He just motioned like settle down. I'm not coming to take you out. Uh, essentially, but do you think there, he so. was going out there? With the full intention of leaving him in, or could there have yes. been something in that conversation that decided he would take him out? Because there was guys ready to go in the bullpen. It was the sixth inning. It was eighty six pitches. They're trying to preserve a, a one run lead. Like maybe he was. No, I think was sure he was Bouda leaving was, him in. Yeah, he was. No, he was calculated. That was a. That was. A, I'm going out here. I'm the manager. I'm gonna. I'm gonna talk him into this. I'm gonna give him the extra motivation he Kinda needs. Kind of like and what confidence he, did. he needs like what he did in the playoffs in 2019 with James Paxton and it, James Paxton similar. gave up a ball to the wall and it's it was caught. Yeah, that, yeah. And then this, this was a ball off the top of the wall. So maybe try a new strategy, Boone, maybe this motivation or maybe pick picture. Well, the pitcher. first one, the first one worked. The second one didn't work. The first one was also kind of, it was a much, I mean, clearly a different scenario packed Yankee stadium crowd, James Paxton playoffs, big moment. The crowd loved it. I loved it. It was a fired up moment. I was going nuts. And then my nuts were in my throat for you know a second. Cause I definitely thought the ball was gone, but yeah. But this is just a, a questionable feel moment for Boone. It's like, you gotta have the right pulse on your, your guy on your pitchers. And I just feel like there's so many moves, like whether you want to say the stats support one thing or the other the results are what they are a lot. I mean, we're getting to, but big this one samples. was clearly like, this wasn't a stat thing, right? Because you, you look at him and you look at the way he was going. He clearly thought he could get one more guy. Ref Steiner was up. I don't know what to tell you. He, he was leaving the ball over the plate. It was clear. I right. thought he should have been full out of the game. Uh, That's the thing. It's the like, thing is where's he, the feel? He, he, you know, maybe in that moment, I, I have a hard time blaming a guy who, has made so many decisions based on numbers that to me a go away from a feel for him going out there and trying to give his guy the benefit of the doubt and one more thing to give him a little confidence. I, I don't kill him for that, to be honest, because to Montgomery me, that's him trying to change guy. his ways. Don't do that with Montgomery. That, that said, like when you have, uh, you know, a guy like Chapman too, who hasn't thrown in a while, clearly the velocity wasn't there. Clearly the touch wasn't there. That's more of a, uh, you know, a managerial thing, making sure that you're able to get your guy into a game, making sure that he's pitched because Chapman's been notorious. that If he doesn't throw, if he doesn't pitch, if he doesn't get the reps. He is, he's not the same pitcher, uh, you know, that first time out. But I don't know what he could have done. I mean, so Chapman, there was an he pitched on Sunday, off day on Monday, Tuesday, didn't need him. Wednesday, almost needed him. Krisky almost blew that game. So Chapman was warming up in the bullpen. And then Wednesday, he obviously needed them. So I don't know how much sooner he could have used him. Like if he ends up using them on Tuesday, are we saying?
0: I mean, it's I guess a game he should have closed we're, at the
1: end of the day. It's a game he should have closed. I'm not right. saying anything. I don't think Boone is at fault there by any means. Chapman, it's his job to get ready no matter when he's called. At the end of the day, like be ready. And uh, he just wasn't. He just was off that day. I'm not even going to make that much of a big deal of it because he's been so goddamn good. Right. What I will say, Two home is runs, that runs, Boone. Uncharacteristic. Boone has Boone has been uh, good on the other side, making sure that guys are in the game when they're going well. Andujar has been playing a lot. We've seen, you know, I I think some of the the, by moving Judge over to center to get two guys in that were swinging the bat well. Um, He's been pulling a lot of the the moves. I think with the the lineup much better uh, recently. Granted, it's much easier to do that when you have other you know guys swinging the bat much better. And recently they've been swinging the bat better. Glaber's recently, been good. Three games. Three games against the recent one of the worst yeah, pitching yeah, staffs in baseball. All right. Number three thing. Against J Hap. Number number three J Hap, <laughs> <Number, number> th- <laughs> how about that athleticism? To we get- gotta live in the moment, man, with this team. You gotta live in the moment. It's, it's changes so fast. Did you know J Hap had that athleticism when he he got the uh the plate the plate to to tag out the um it was geo running down on the pass yeah. ball? He fielded it with his bare hand and then ta- slid and tagged him all at the same time. Jay, athletic 39-year-old Jay Happ. Right, I mean, he's never been non-athletic. He looks, at, he looks relatively now. No, he walks he stiff. Is. He walks like a robot. Weird. But he's, but he's like, he's, he doesn't look like an athlete, so he's got to clearly have some athleticism there. Well, yeah, he's a major league pitcher, so yeah. There you go. No, number three, poor Chris Gittens, <laughs> who thought he had a home run for his first hit down the right field line. It just went foul. The umps originally called it a fair ball. Then it was clearly foul. And it's like, I think he knew it was even foul. Like he saw it. He's like, oh, I guess I'll try to run it. The, up he the, did. But he got around the bases. He had the experience of hitting a home run in a major league game as his first hit. And it was taken away. And now he's still hitless. I think he, the entire time he's running around the bases he's like, I know this is not a home run. Do I keep running? I know this is not a home run. I know Do I keep running, but, and he just kept going. Actually, what's worse?
0: I think
1: that that whole thing was painful for him because he knew it was foul. (laughs) Hold on. What's worse? Say we didn't have instant replay. Like it wasn't that long ago. We didn't have instant replay and that just would have been a home run. Okay. And that, but we would have had cameras to show it wasn't a home run, but it, it had to stand. So then Chris Gittins would be sitting there as his first hit, not technically a hit. And he has to live with that for the rest of his life. Is that worse than having it taken away and still be hitless? Like, what if he never gets a hit? <laughs> what if he never did gets? You a go, hit you go back, you're it. going back to like the uh, moonlight uh, Graham, moonlight Graham moments here. No, I, so if we're talking about that, that means that the replays just they're not the technology isn't what it is today. So but 2006, I, there was no okay, instant replay. We accept we we accepted at that point that sometimes those, those, they were close. It was a little grainy. Can't really tell as well. And and that it may not have been a home run, but it was a home run. So I think 2006, he hits that home run, and it's a foul ball, but they call it a home run. You're good with that. You're good with that because there's still a level of doubt that maybe it wasn't. Even, even if it's part of the game, it's been happening, no problem. Umpires call it on the field. Sometimes people are out, too, when they're safe. Sometimes it's safe when they're out. It happens. So if I'm him in 2006 and I hit that ball, it's a home goddamn run. It's a home run. <laughs> no, I know. It's just... Poor Chris Kittens. That's all I got to say. That's a, that's a real yeah, tough this, thing. The guy needs a hit, man. I'm 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 I feel like. And then he grounds out to him. the pitcher on the uh, on like the next pitch. Just like, ah, jeez. At least hit the ball. All right. Hard. Next one is about uh, so the, why the Yankees one. are slumping. There's a whole bunch of nerd talk about. Uh, Mike Mike Petriello wrote an article about why the Yankees' offense is happening the way it is. I'm going to throw it to you because this is nerd speak. Okay, so let me run through some of this stuff very quickly. Petriello's article. Yeah, it was long, but it was a good one. He says, it's not all the strikeouts. Um, 10 teams have struck out as much or more than the Yankees, including the Rays and the Giants, two of the best teams in baseball. And then I looked, and if you compare the Yankees teams of the past few years, they are striking out more, but it's not like an alarmingly amount more. 2019, 8.9 team strikeouts per game, 2028, 2021, 9.3. Also, quick aside, did you hear this comment by David Cohn where he was like mocking the strikeouts and he's like, Oh, the 1927 Yankees strike struck out a lot. Did you hear that comment? Yes. Yeah. Now we're comparing the 2021 Yankees to the 1927 Yankees. You take things too literally. You take things too much on the, uh, for face value, David Cohn, David Cohn tries to make light of situations sometimes by making these, these, these comparisons that are a little outlandish. It's part of what he does. It's part of his charm. But he he he's this, smart enough to know that it's not a direct comparison. No, it's not. I'm not hoping. saying you're comparing, but it, it wasn't even the same game. Okay, yeah the 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 1927 Yankees led the league in strikeouts. Do you know how many strikeouts they had that year as a team? 610. Okay, the Yankees, Yankees strike out 600 week. times a week. Okay, the the 1927 Yankees hit 307 as a team as a team they hit 307 so don't here's, even here's talk about this here's his point they were murderers row it's ironic that you're wearing the murderers row shirt right now the murderers row they were murderers row and he's he's trying to go so far to tell you that 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 don't worry about it this is like my my the 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 most um the most outlandish comparison you could possibly make the best lineup ever ever struck out a lot too just so but you know, it so don't a make a big deal of it. It was like once again in comparison. Uh, okay. He uh, Petriello goes on to say it's not the injuries. They've been mostly healthy. It's not platoon splits. They've basically performed equal against lefties and righties. It's not that they don't walk a lot. They actually rank second in walks. It's not that they don't hit the ball hard. They rank third. It's not that they chase too many pitches. They're the fifth lowest. It's not that they haven't been clutch. They're about league average. It's not that they don't swing enough at the first pitch strikes. They do that at also league average. So then what the hell is wrong with this team? Well, three things that we've talked about are, are evident. They've done a poor job of scoring runners that they do put on base. We know that they're the worst in baseball at scoring the runners. They put on base. They're a bad base running team. They've made the most outs on the base path, and they have the lowest rate of taking extra bases, bad base running all around. Okay. Then he dives into individual players and why they're struggling. DJ LeMahieu this year is striking out 8.2 points more per on a percentage basis. So he's striking out eight percent more for than simplicity. he normally than does than he normally than he did last year. LeMahieu's down ground down ball down rate down. and is also very high, and his barrel percentage is down. A lot of soft contact on the ground. Gio yep. Urshela plus eleven points of strikeout percentage. Clint Frazier. Minus 10 points of line drive rate. Giancarlo Stanton, he's been hurt. Gary Sanchez, 271 batting average on balls in play. It's nothing new for him, but it's really low. Brett Gardner, striking out 26% of the time. Aaron Hicks, not there. Doesn't play. He's also had 592 plate appearances, which is basically a season's worth over the first three years of his seven-year contract and uh rugio O'Dor is not slugging nearly to what he has in his career so yeah judge has been great and glaber has been very rock solid for almost a month at this point but the rest of the seven guys regulars in the batting order are all struggling for one reason or another and that's why until minnesota happened this is until minnesota happened because until minnesota happened Stan has three, uh, two three-run home runs, which is, uh, you know, the three-run home run is is back back in play, which is great. And, and, you know, Glaber's collected a whole bunch of hits. I mean, even Cohen was talking about it last night and his approach is different. I'm glad he listened. Glad, I'm glad he listened to the things that I was telling him. Change your goddamn approach because when he first came up, he was not that home run guy. He was a different type of hitter. And I feel like he is going back to the basics, back to the fundamentals, back to the Hey, I'm just gonna spray the ball. I'm just gonna see the ball hit the ball and 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 good things will happen. And that's exactly what's going on right now. So um I, I expect him to if, if he keeps this approach, doesn't get cocky and try to hit the ball out again, um, that the ball will will continue to it will fly out, not at the same pace, but it will fly out. But he will that barrel percentage will go up. He will start getting on base a hell of a lot more, and he'll become the the player that he should be. That's the player he should be. He doesn't need to hit 30. 35 home runs. Does not need to be that guy. If Glaber's a 20 to 25 home run guy, that's a sweet spot for him, I think. Oh, f- oh, definitely. I, I would say um, that's about realistic too because if you figure 20, there was a 22% increase in home runs in 2019 due to the juice ball and he hit 38. So you back out 22% of that, you're you're right there. But it's also approach. 25. I mean, again, you we, we keep going back to this juice ball thing. I know that you, the ball was juice, but at the same time, when you when you look at the approaches the the approaches were were there because they knew the ball would fly a little bit longer so they were trying to hit the ball out at a higher uh percentage they were trying to do it it was an emphasis and when you when you yeah. do that you sacrifice other parts of your game and for me glaber when he's going right is hitting line drives he's a line drive gap guy and the ball will fly out when you're doing that that's what DJ did the ball just flew out maybe because of the juice ball but he's a he's a He's a gap guy. He's a line drive guy. And when you're when you're going well in that, the ball's going to fly out on occasion. And that's I, the twenty to twenty five home runs where they should live in Minnesota. All right, number. So that was the Cliff Notes version of the Petriello article. Number five, quickly, and this stemmed from a mailbag question. So I just want to run through this uh, fast. So multiple, as as we've sort of learned, multiple factors are have caused the game to be where they are today, which is strikeouts, no offense, limited action. Uh, it's not just dejuice juice baseball. It's not just pitcher. Legal substances It's not just advanced technology. It's not just analytically driven front offices. It's all of those combined. So we got a mailbag question from Corey Karen. He says, I don't know if this is where uh, he says, I don't know if this is where you check mailbags, but here it goes. Guess what it is. Everyone Super wants baseball. Everyone wants baseball to have more action and also not have the th- uh, three and a half hour games. Is this contradictory or, or or am I missing something? Having more hits throughout the game leads to more at-bats and longer games. Shorter games would be one, two, three innings. People always complain about both problems, but I don't see much for a reasonable solution. Any thoughts? The point... Wrong.
0: What? It's, not, point, it's yeah. not
1: correct. It's not the right logic. Right. The point isn't that the games... I mean, the games are have been steadily increasing, but they're at like three hours and nine minutes. Now, last year, they were like three hours, eight minutes, six years ago, they were three hours, two minutes. Okay. The extra few minutes doesn't matter. It's that nothing happens in those three hours. Okay. Yeah. But, 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 but that's not even it. That's not even it. When you put balls in play, when you put balls in play, more outs happen and they happen faster. Strikeouts are the reason why that also happens. There's so many strikeouts and so many strikeouts and walks take take a long time. T- yes, they take a long time when you hit the ball and it's a, and it's a fly ball or, or to, to left field, that's an out. And it happens quickly. I, you know, if you do it on a one count, no count, Oh, two count two two count, it's faster than walking. It's, it's just the action. Yes. It makes it feel more, more fun because your things are happening. Right. But at the same time, when you're making contact, more outs also happen on the, in the field, which speeds up the game. Like that game Friday that I went to last week. And then we talked about, uh, it, the Yankees struck out five innings worth of 14. strikeouts, 14 okay? times. It was basically five innings worth of strikeouts. Half of the game was guys striking out. So yeah, the yeah. game took three hours, but you just watched strikeouts for three hours. And we're not talking about like great pitchers. No, this is not like, this a, isn't, you know, this isn't Pedro versus Clemens pitchers duel yeah, okay? versus Cole. Yeah, no. <laughs> This this is just boring three hours. Okay, that's why it's bad. Is because it's a boring three hours. I would rather have an action-packed three hours and you get action-packed three hours with hits. Yeah. And if it goes to yeah. an action-packed three hours and 15 minutes or three hours, 20 minutes, I'll take that over a boring three hours and 10 minutes. So any day, will everybody though. else. And at that point, nobody will be complaining about the length of a game at all. Right. Nobody will complain about that. When you watch an NFL game, what they're time are hours long? <laughs> four like, freaking hours they're, long. They're not four hours long. They're three hours long plus, right? They are a one o'clock game, they're a four o'clock game. Sometimes they're a one o'clock game and a four fifteen game. They are three hours long. With yeah, I know there's more commercials probably. There's there's a halftime, but the amount of time you're sitting on your ass watching that game is the same. It's about the same. And why does nobody complain about it? One, there's less games. Two, there's more action. It's just a different thing. You add some action in there, you add some guys running around the base path, you you add the you know, non-strikeouts and just like that and ball. You know, bat in or ball in play, it's either outs happened or or things are happening on the base path and people are running around, and that's a hell of a lot more action. Because guess what? When you start hitting the ball more and there's outs, you get more uh, good defensive plays too, which are fun to watch. Strikeouts can't
0: produce defensive plays either. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed.
1: did the Yankees turn a corner and figure something out offensively this week, or was it the fact that the Twins have the fourth worst team ERA in Major League Baseball? The Yankees absolutely smacked the ball around this three-game series. They hit three forty-one. They scored twenty-two runs over three games. And the last time they had scored eight runs or more in a game was on May fifteenth. So it had been a while. They still struggled with runners in scoring position, though. They hit one fifty-six in the series. We talked about Miguel Andujar. Um, last nine games, he's hitting 352 with five home runs. So his, his batting average was there when we talked about it the last time, but the home runs weren't. Now he's added a few more home runs and he actually walked. (laughs) So he might get, he might get to that over under four and a half walks or whatever we, we talked about Aaron judge has been clear. He's going to be over clearly. I mean, he's seeing the ball better. Well, he's also going to be playing every day. He's, he's he's the starting left fielder now. Yeah, I think so. And is he's, he's making good defensive plays too? Don't no, don't knock no, it. he's not. He's you, bad. You, you, you no, Bullshit. he's bad. He made he made he made a nice play yesterday where there was a line drive. It was a tough read. It was an in between, and he made the right thing and and, and made a diving play. He threw to the wrong base. Now, that, your eyes are fooling happen. you. Okay, your eyes my are eyes, fooling are you. fooling See, my eyes are not fooling. See, my eyes are in 2019 when they tried him in left field. He couldn't field those two wise. years. That was two years ago. No, I know. He couldn't field pop flies. He was running back and he was getting afraid of the wall and the balls would drop. I don't care what he so, did two years ago. I don't remember two I, years ago. My point is that that was unplayable in left field. He's playable in left field now, but he's still a bad left fielder. My he's point bad. Is, is that I I am not comparing him to to what he was two years ago at all. I am looking with my eyes, watching him play the field, and he's got three outfield assists, which, which is, I think, tied or opportunistic to judge. Opportunistic Guys are running on opportunistic. Him. He's throwing freaking bullets that are on, that are on. He did it again last night, threw a guy out on a, on a, with a BB. It was yeah, because players, play. because and runners are running on him because he sucks. Well, they should they should not do that because he doesn't suck because clearly you're wrong and he's right. Okay. And he's making good defensive plays. No, he's not. With with <laughs> tough balls that are coming in on him and he's making all the other plays. I don't care. He's hitting. And, and that's what, what he's, he's there figuring to do. It out too. He's hitting. And he's also figuring it out. Yeah, he's hitting. And I give him a lot of credit for that. He's he's very bad in left field, but he's hitting. So fine, you're going to live but with it. But you're wrong because he's not very bad in left field. Okay, whatever. Throw some uh, throw some op- bullshit defensive metrics at me, please. Well, he's played like 10 games out there. There's no know, defensive so you metrics. All out you yet. can do is use I'm your using eye test and he's been I'm doing using fine. my eye test. And I, and that's not a left fielder. That's a, that's a awful third baseman trying to play left field. That's what it is. Who's do, who's doing a good job at it. Who's no, doing a good not. job playing left field. <laughs> How many times has he overrun ball? He's oh, he overran a ball last night. He also threw a guy out at second last night and made a diving play that saved, that saved runs that yeah. saved runs. He made a diving play probably because he got a bad jump on the ball. Oh no! I watched the jump. It was a decent jump. It was a hard ball too. It was it was a, it was a tough diving line drive, and he made a good play on it. He has not been. You're unplayable. not giving him enough credit in left field. You're not. Okay. You need to give him I more think, credit. Uh, I don't think he deserves and he, any and credit. he's being for left put left out field. there. He's being put out there, just to be. He's just being yes, put out there, exactly. so that he could be in the lineup. My point he's is, a he's a playable player. Left figuring field. it out. He's and I give him credit. Playable. For that. He's been playable in left field. He was not playable in left field in previous seasons. So I'm fine with it. Again, 2019. But, dude, I don't give a shit. But stop. Shit. You need stop to stop saying. You need to stop forgetting about 19 for him. Stop saying that he's been good in left field. He hasn't. He's been, been good in left field. <laughs> I don't know. Dude, what, what, he, what I don't you think to you, tell tell you understand what a good outfielder is. Then because he I hasn't do. been good. He's throwing guys out. We're not going to agree runs. on this. We're not going to agree. No, on we're on not. This. Clearly, I, I can see that. But, but I'm also going to stay, stay firm on the fact that this guy's going out there and has played a good left field. I've seen, I've seen nothing that that's told me like he's been a problem out there. Have you seen that he's been a problem? Uh, Because he hasn't. There's no stack cast metrics yet. I know. I know. I'm waiting for the bullshit defensive metrics. They're going to come out and throw me some sample size numbers that are going to be off. No, he hasn't been like bad to the point where he can't field fly balls, which is. What I was afraid—that's I mean, giving him zero credit. I don't understand how you're even saying that when he's literally making he, diving plays and throwing guys no, up. He's he's been he's been playable. He's been at good. best. No, no, he hasn't. Good, a, a good, a good Maybe outfielder. Michael K might even say he's been great. Do you? He'd probably call him outstanding. Do you? I mean, a, he's not a good outfielder though. Like you're not saying that. I said he's been good. I'm not saying he's like a, a good outfielder. I, I don't know yet. I got to see him more to tell you what he is. I think he's getting a feel for the position still. I think the instinctual things that he's doing have been good. I think he's learning the the different paths of the ball. He's learning how to, you know, there have been some communication things that are, that he's done not correctly in the outfield. But to me, that's just him learning the position. I think him being out there, he has been good and has not been a problem at all. Not really, but he has not caused any issues with the Yankees being out there. Him out there, Frazier out there, it doesn't matter. It has not been a problem. Uh no, because a problem is and like he's made good plays. Because a problem is like, oh, there's a guy on second, and it would have been the third out, and he just completely botched a ball. Like that hasn't happened. So that's good. Judge has been Judge has been uh the most consistent offensive player. And uh, if he keeps this up, he'll start to get MVP talk. And then Stanton had a good series. Um I'm hoping that Stanton is, uh, is getting, so, so he came back and I hope and this was hot terrible. streak lasts longer. That's well, what it, I'm hoping for. It's like he, he, like you've pointed this out. No one looks better or worse than Giancarlo Stanton at the plate. He's either hitting 500 and hitting 9,000 mile an hour missiles off his bat, or he can't come within 10 feet of hitting a ball. Like the, it feels like there's no in between with this guy. There is no in between. I don't know what it is. It's, 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 amazing because when he's on yeah he sees everything and can and can can chop at everything and make contact and then when the when the bat misses the ball it just looks ugly because it's not a pretty swing in the first place so it's just a it's an ugly thing I I don't know what to make of him I just hope the hot streak lasts longer because that's what we get we get streaks with him let's just hope he can bottle it up for a while Um, the second thing is the two-game series we got coming up with Philly weird two-game set like we said there's no game today Friday uh, the, the Phillies are 30-31, uh, and 31, second in the, e- in the East behind the Mets. I was expecting that division to be much better top to bottom, and they've been kind of middle of the pack. I guess that's kind of the story across baseball. We, we're just not seeing what we expected to see, I think, with a lot of teams, probably because of the offense. Uh, but some of their individual players are having good good seasons. However, their team offense is below league average in runs uh, per game. It's kind of weird. Like they have real Muto, Harper, Segura, Brad Miller, Reese Hoskins, Herrera, and McCutcheon all with OPS pluses of at least 112. And some of them are in the 150 range yet. They're below league average offense. It's like the majority of the lineup is better than league average. How are they not scoring runs? And by comparison, the Yankees have only had two players with at least 112 OPS plus Stanton who's been hurt and judge who's been great. So it's kind of like I was looking at the player stats and expecting their total run score to be a lot higher. So the Phillies just seem like one of these teams that can't get out of their own way. Didi on the IL uh, having a bad year. Joe Girardi, number three thing. We're going to see our old pal, Joe Girardi. He's had an interesting media year where he has basically... Uh, so he basically told the media, I'm no longer going to give you honest injury updates Like in so many words. <laughs> and, uh, this started with a, a Harper situation where he lied about why he wasn't in the lineup. And then he goes on the IL and then there was a, a run in he had with Gene Segura in the dugout after Segura made an error in the field and Girardi and him kind of got into it. So I don't know how things are working out for Girardi in Philly. I mean, you know, the, the, one of the big things I think, as far as narratives go, with Girardi and why his time was ending here, was relationships with players. Was the, was was being a player guy. I mean, it's it's well documented about uh, about Gary Sanchez and them. You know, how people didn't think that Girardi handled the, the, that whole Gary Sanchez situation correctly, and I think that was a, that was a big. Uh, they needed a different voice in the dugout for whatever reason. So. It's apparently not working here either. Today's player does not like Joe Girardi. Apparently, that's something that's happening. Yeah, and and Philly, no matter it seems like no matter how much talent they add to their lineup, they're still just going to be around five hundred. Yeah, I think because they have a lot of names. They certainly have yeah. a lot of names. But look at all those names. They just have ran. a good year. Even if you look at some of their pitching, you know, it's there. Um, another thing looking for number four into uh, going into this this two game set. Probably not going to see. John Carlos Stanton, who is on one of these bad timing to go to an NL as we mentioned. Yes, because he ain't going to play the field and that's, they were talking about it on the broadcast that's been said, not going to play the field. That's just what their uh, stance is right now on, on Giancarlo Stanton that they believe that him not playing the field is the best way to keep him as healthy as possible for the season. So he's going to get two at bats over the next two games. I just hope those those two at bats don't completely cool him off. What are the odds that they're not strikeouts? <laughs> I know. He's not the type of guy you want pinch hitting cuz he's a rhythm guy. He needs to be into the game. Yeah, I don't know. I just feel like he needs like he knows he's going to be pinch hitting for the pitcher in the 5th, 6th or 7th inning. So he's just got to be taking a lot of hacks, lots in a the first reps. few innings, lots yeah. of tunnel reps, a lot of lot of lot of dry swings. Maybe. Well, some do you agree ones. though? Not playing them. Like, would would you stick him in the it field for one of these games? If it were me, yes, I would. I would. I would. I would set the precedent that he's not going to always be out. I would. I would set the precedent that that's that's. It's not going to be like that every single time. But that's not the way they've gone. I the know. direction they've gone. The precedent they've set. The they've been consistent. He ain't playing the field. He's just oh not no, he's do definitely it. not. He's definitely not. So they're but, not going. So this is not a surprise. Nobody should be shocked by this. But they're just not doing it. What I would do and what what they would do, and all their nerds that are looking at the load management have a plan. This is part off, of that plan. Off day Friday, play him in the field Saturday, sit him on Sunday. Is it that crazy? It's like oh boy, whatever. I know it's not going to happen. The last thing. Plus, he's not getting look, the reps in the field. Do we want him out there? You're you're talking about th- th- that you think Anduhar hasn't been good. Well, Stanton hasn't gotten any reps out there, so you're sticking a guy out there who just hasn't gotten any reps, hasn't had any feel for the ball. That's know, not a good but, situation either. I mean, I'm not worried about... I mean, so the thing is, like, so Stanton, there's been uh, reports that Stanton in between at-bats while he's DHing, is, like, riding exercise bikes and stuff like that just to stay loose. So yeah. he obviously it's not like he he goes back to the dugout and just sits on the bench until his next right at bat he is doing things so he would just be in the field where he has done it before like he was a pretty good outfielder with I think what they're worry the, one of the things that they're worried about in the field is that one that's where injuries happen that's where injuries happen they there's, there's 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 sudden starts and stops there are other things that that are in play a ball in front of you you have to do different motions. There's just a lot of a lot of un, unknown when a ball is hit to you, whether it's hit to your right or your left or close to the wall or back to, to the wall or in front of you and you got to dive. A lot of things. When instincts take over and, and your body doesn't have the same reaction, you know, uh, response as it would if you were just swinging a bat and running the bases in the same way. Like, you know what you're doing. Your body's prepared for that. Body sometimes may not be prepared for the things in the outfield. Professional athlete, figure I it. it out, but that's what their plan is. If if the Yankees make the World Series, will Giancarlo start in the outfield? Uh, it, probably not. <laughs> the whole the point of this. But here's the thing: if they get a hot Giancarlo Stanton bat in the playoffs, it worked. Good, fine. I don't care. I don't. Here's the problem: the regular season is really something that's actually very much mattering to what this team, you know, is doing. It's not a it's not a layup like it has been in the past. Like, this regular season counts now. It does. Like, these games count. They're not just going to get in the playoffs because they're the Yankees. The last thing, number five, who's going to be the first Yankees pitcher to get inspected by the umpires for sticky stuff? It's not going to be TSI-style screenings the umpires might be doing, random checks. I'm also curious if there's going to be gamesmanship by uh, opposing managers, because an opposing manager doesn't want to make a scene and call out. A pitcher on the other team because then his pitcher will get called out. So but what if he before the game you know might casually mention to the umpire you know if this pitcher comes out of the bullpen tonight might want to check his hat sort of thing. Yeah. I mean I I think I think when because of these these new sanctions that are going to be happening as well I, I and and there's there's going to be repercussions. One I think that um, you're gonna see probably more of the replay guys back at MLB monitoring this as well and getting get information to umpires. I think that's going to happen. I think that if they're seeing if if they if they truly are going to crack down, it's going to be tough to get away with it because there are MLB cameras everywhere. There's always an eye in the sky, and and someone will be watching you. So I think it's going to be very tough, especially you know broadcast pick it up practically every time if you're looking for it, you could find it. So I think it's going to be very difficult to get away with it if they are truly cracking down. Or is this just like, hey, we're putting it out there. Don't do it as much. Quit being an ass. And, and we're not going to really like actually do it. We're not going to actually enforce it. I, I don't know what's going to happen. And we'll see. Baseball has definitely done that before. One of the interesting takeaways from the podcast uh, with Stephanie was that she pointed out that if they do truly crack down, we're basically gonna get half a season with this new D juice baseball with pitcher substances and then half a season with this new baseball without, and we'll see how the baseball truly acts. Because we might not be seeing it right now how the baseball truly acts. Right. Yeah. So I'm kind of interested to see what happens. I, I, I do hope that they crack down on all of this stuff. I'm I'm of the I'm not going the old school way and saying, hey, they've always done this, let them do this. No, it's gotten to a point where it's becoming a problem and I, I don't want them to do this because it's just going to continue to escalate and continue to, I mean, shit, like it goes back to so many things, man. Like with, when you look at cheating and, and how people's, it go, I, I, one of the first things I think of is Brian Roberts and those, uh, and those like orange contact lenses that he had where he could see the ball, you know, just more, clearly like Iron man, man vision or teams. something. <laughs> he did. Yeah. He had these, he had these, uh, these contact lenses that made the ball stand out more and he was able to pick up the spin just easier and, and he went on some torrid streak with the with the Orioles at that point when he had these lenses in. I'm like, "Well, how the how is that not cheating? How is that not <laughs> performance enhancing?" Because it is when you start using technology to your advantage in certain ways. And you could say the same thing about uh football and the and the tackiness of the receiver gloves. Like this Odell Beckham oh, Duck- yeah. Jr. catch catch-up ball that that's an absolutely ridiculous catch. You know, ten years before that, when they're just using sheepskin, like I, I don't know. So, yeah, I mean, this goes across leagues. It goes across, uh, it goes across sports. It goes across different opportunities for players to enhance what they're doing with different pieces of technology. And this is just one of them. Right. Okay, that's gonna do it for the Friday Fives. Enjoy the Friday off day. Hopefully, the Yankees can take some of that offensive momentum into the Philly series. We will talk to you guys on Monday.